Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to Business Women Australia podcast, the podcast for ambitious women who are serious about business success and leadership development, keen to increase their knowledge and skills. And welcome to another episode of Business Women Australia podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross. Now, my guest today says what employer doesn't want to see their employees be more productive or what employer doesn't want to see their employees be more productive, more present, and ultimately more loyal. And joining me on today's show is Catherine Dixon. Now, Catherine is a relationship manager within the IWOF employee solutions team at IOOF. And she works with employers to provide employee benefits such as insurance and superannuation and financial well-being education as well as tools. Now, it's Catherine's mission to work with employees from a wide range of sectors who seek the benefits of supporting their employees to develop their financial knowledge, their skills and well-being. And she says it's a win-win for both. Now, on today's show, Catherine's going to share what the current employee employment benefits environment looks like. She's also going to share more insights around the current challenges that are facing employers as they seek to engage with their employees to enhance their wellbeing programs, as well as the essential elements of an effective wellbeing program. So welcome to the show, Catherine. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. There's a lot that has been happening, a lot of different challenges with employees, companies around the world. And as they know, it's so very important that no matter the challenges that the leadership uh, of the company continues to always have at the forefront employees' wellbeing program. Just let's just get all on the same page. How would you define an employee program? What what does that mean to you and I? Well, look, I, I think to a, to a lot of people, um, historically, an employee benefits program has been really quite straightforward. Um, it's been things like perhaps uh, a, superannuation, a, a corporate superannuation plan. Um, there might be um, employer-funded life and uh, TPD insurance and perhaps income protection insurance, particularly more so where there's a, a global affiliation. Um, sometimes there'll be health insurance. All of us are familiar with the likes of um, fruit baskets and um, maybe the, particularly in corporates, um, the, the massage every month or so um, coming in. Um, sometimes there's discounts on insurance. So some of the bigger, or discounts on any product really, some of the bigger companies in particular um, have a, a broader program of employee benefits. And so they may have cashback offers um, and all sorts of uh, different discounts that they may negotiate either individually um, with a provider or they may have um, bought into an entire package. So that has historically been what employee benefits has looked like. 
Um, in terms of what do we think it looks like now or where is it going, probably Australia is a wee bit behind the eight ball in some regards in thinking for employers to think that they've got a place to pay or a part to play in um, ensuring or assisting their employees to develop uh, financial wellness and resilience and knowledge. Um, financial well-being or financial uh, components of well-being programs are, are pretty well established offshore. But yeah, we're, we're just starting that journey here. And I guess um, here at IWF, we're really keen to, to be a, a, a front foot on, on that and really play, play a large part in um, developing financial well-being for Australians as a whole. And this is, you know, what I do in the, in the well-being space is just one aspect of that. Yeah. One of the things that you said to me, Catherine, before we went live, and I'd love you to, to share a little bit more around this is, you know, often we look at or the, the corporations look at employee benefits um, as a, you know, look nice to have, would like to have. But you say, actually, now it is so very important. So I would love you to share some insights around the importance of that and maybe look at some of the benefits because obviously organisations are going to be looking at from that through that lens as well. So share a little bit of why is this becoming a must-have? So, well, we've all lived through the last 16, 18 months or so. And so the world's changed and we, we sort of all accept that. But what we've seen is that employers have, you know, struggled to deliver some of those benefits, you know, fruit, for example. Um, the, the massage, you, you can't do that in an environment where the workforce has been working at home for much of the year. Um, what they've also seen is, is the increase in stress. So um, financial stress is the three key figures I, I'd throw out right now as to why thinking about this sort of work is, is really important. There's lots of studies all around the world, but the general figure sits around 50 to 55% of employees feel financially stressed at any given point in time. So that's one figure to think about. Um, 90, every employee that is financially stressed is costing um, a, a, the employer around about $1,900 plus a year. So that's quite conservative. So if you're actually looking at, um, if we put it in really basic figures, a workforce of 400 people and say 50% of them is financially stressed, then you're looking at a cost of about $380,000 per year. Wow. Um, so those sorts of things are what we're we're seeing now. We've we've come through the pandemic. Well, we haven't come through. We're if you're here in Melbourne, you're back in it. Um, but what we've seen is an example where um, people are financially stressed, and as they've gone through the pandemic's only made it worse. At times, we get better news. Um, we're now seeing some of the government stimulus packages dropping off or increasingly dropping off. So we're only going to see this sort of thing increase. What we're seeing in some of the surveys is um, people saying that um, four, well, four in 10 Australians are claiming um, stress as the main driver of their mental health and financial stress. So, you know, the, 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 the figures are quite staggering, mm. but there's something that people can do and that comes back to the employer. 
Yeah. And I think what you're saying there, the, the fact that some of these figures are going to be exacerbated because of what's going on. And, and as we know, I mean, there's that saying, isn't it? People become almost classically conditioned the minute something happens in the news and instantly we go back to that, oh, that kind of feeling of dread. And you find that this continues to, if we're not careful, to, to become far more impactful. And if we're not addressing it, if we're not, um, you know, supporting the, the team, we'll find that that becomes something that inhibits their productivity, their well-being, yeah. their emotional well-being. Absolutely. So that, that productivity, you know, is, is that $1,900 figure I, I um, threw out there is made up of a, a mix of absenteeism, presenteeism. So they're at work, but they're distra distracted by financial um, matters. Now, that might be, how are they going to pay their mortgage? Or, oh, there's an insurance bill. Or, like in my case yesterday, the washing machine broke down. So those things come out of the blue. How do you, how do you deal with them? Um, the other side of that is, is just thinking about the employer as a whole. Now, in, in Australia, we're seeing unemployment has, you know, it, it hasn't gone way up like we were expecting and we've got some sectors that I'm working with at the moment that are really struggling in order to recruit and retain staff so again this becomes something um, that is another employee benefit so that the the need to build out their employee benefits program becomes ever more important yes. um, and you know you have that win-win one of the other figures that was really interesting it does come out of the US is that of employees who uh, participate in a financial well-being program most of 81 percent of them so most, um, plan to stay with that employer for five years or more. Now compare that with the 48% who aren't uh, in, in a financial wellbeing program and they are saying, well, we don't see ourselves staying with that employer. So there's some really clear benefits that are there. Um, and, and yeah, it's just a really interesting place to see. It, you know, it also gives you the opportunity to, to build yourself as an uh, employer of choice. Yes. And, you know, as you were sharing some of the statistics and some of the reasons that employees are now starting to feel stressed in, in certain areas, it really uh, confirms the importance of a business when they're thinking of their employee benefits, to also look at, because there's a diversity of reasons of stress and, 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 and what the employee may be experiencing, to are our current employee benefits programs, are they as diverse or the offerings within that that's going to support different team or different employees at different stages, whatever it may be? And that's a huge challenge for any employer. Um, what what we do tend to find is that, um, and to go back to that comment I made about glo um, globally um, being more ahead, where we've got um, corporates that have a, a global connection, we find that they are the ones that have got their employee benefits that they're trying to match up with what they've got overseas. And so they're trying to find that sort of thing here. But there's only so many dollars in a budget that's available. And sometimes it's a case of redirecting budgets to where you're getting the most, you know, to be really colloquial, bang for your buck. But what we are seeing is that, uh, and the research is showing us very clearly that what employees are wanting, and this is out of some various studies, is access to some tools, some financial wellness tools. Now that could be as basic as, um, how do I budget? Or, um, worried about their retirement savings or they're, they're looking for how do we invest and you know we've had lots of calls from people who um, have 
watched the the markets go up and down and they're going, oh, do I need to pull all my money out of super? Um, well, where they can access it um, or could access it um, in order, and they're just putting it in cash. And so they lost the big bounces. So there was a lot, you know, a lot of naivety that you see. And it's only when you're working within this area that you recognise that um, perhaps we could say our education system has let us down. Um, in the past, financial literacy is not something that, that, it comes naturally. It's certainly not taught in schools as yet. And I think this is where we're now seeing some of that playing out. Um, one of the things that I should have said too is that um, in terms of when I was talking about those financially stressed employees, women make up a far worse effect, are even worse affected. Now, some of that can be the very nature of their work. Um, it might be that they are hospitality or cafe so they had issues in the in the past year it might be that they're part-time all of those sorts of factors can come into play but what we did see was younger women disproportionately represented um, in the early release of, of super um, opportunities that were there last year now that doesn't affect a 25 year old right now but taking that 10 or 20,000 if they went back for that second tranche will make a long-term difference mm. so all of those sorts of decisions, you know, people need to actually have the confidence and, and knowledge um, to to build their resilience and their financial well-being. Yeah, and sometimes, especially if we look at women, and I know that we've had a number of women that have been, um, you know, highly uh, efficient and, and skilled and knowledgeable in the area of finance, and they have confirmed that in one of the areas that many women, young, right, even through not so young, it's the financial knowledge, their well, and, and the well-being that um, lets them that that is an area of growth, and one of the reasons is well, we don't know what we don't know, and yet I can imagine that these educational programs that can support women no matter what age could it certainly is going to help them in their overall well-being because they feel far more informed and don't feel that you know because sometimes we don't want to ask a question because we don't want to look like we don't know but in actual fact there is no such thing as a silly question only the one not asked because we're not then informing ourselves and so is there any studies and if not that's fine this might be a, a really good for an organization to do some studies on this when women have gotten more financial knowledge that impacts, I would imagine, their overall well-being because they feel more informed or be able to to have better decisions when it comes to their finances. Yeah, there, there are examples. There are examples of that out there, and it is a case of um, you know there, there is a correlation between financial literacy and yes. wellness, but there are lots of other factors involved in there as well, and it just doesn't necessarily mean, for example, you're going to have a bigger super balance or anything. Um, one of the other things or the other things that employees have, have said that they, they really value, so certainly their access to financial tools, and I'll, I'll come back to that, or financial knowledge and tools, but they also, um, in, in terms of the well-being, the whole employee benefits package, say we don't know enough. It's not communicated well enough to us. Now, that's happening. That's happened both in the US and here. And so employers are now faced with, well, how do we actually make sure that we tell people the benefits they've got. One of the, the biggest things that I would say and, and my experience has been that um, employers who provide, um, say, group insurance, so whether it's life and TPD or whether it's income protection, often an employee just takes that for granted because it's not trumpeted enough or or whatever. So there's, it's not really building loyalty. It's certainly not building knowledge. It's just something they've got. And if they leave the employer, they may have a problem if they, you know, have a, a, 
an existing condition and try and get insurance elsewhere. But that's something that's important to them. The other thing, two things that came out and probably no surprise after the last year is flexible working arrangements. I think we've all decided that, hey, flexible is the way to go or hybrid or, or whatever we like to call it and, and how it ends up and access to EAP programs. Now, again, that comes back to that whole stress bit. So I, I commented earlier on, you know, four and 10 are, are financially stressed or 50% financially stressed. That's the sort of thing that we're seeing in the correlation. Yeah. Is some of the feedback, and, and I'm not sure if, if, if this has been tracked, but if a, an organisation, and we know that communication, you've just mentioned, a lot of times there is not that communication, so employees don't even know what's available for them in their benefits programs. But have organisations ever gone to employees and, and just did a check-in and actually asked them, what is it that you would like to see? Because I'm sure that, you know, it's like with anyone, if someone gets a seat around the table or at least have an opportunity to share their ideas, that that can go a long way to really embrace that. Even if the decision, you know, well, we're, we're, that might be right down the track, but at the moment this. Is that something that you see some employers doing with their employees? Um, probably we're seeing elements of that from time to time. Yeah, not it's not probably a big part of, of what where I um, focus, but I think what is interesting is is you know that that desire that people are saying we don't understand yes. the breadth of the benefits that are available to us and how they work. But what we've seen during the pandemic is you know more and more employers um, concerned um, about their employees well-being in its broadest context and of course I've just said you know how much financial stress impacts and plays into that but they do have a disconnect so the employees are saying you know we're we're, we're really stressed um, but the employers this is a US study three out of four of them think that their employees are better off than they are so they've got to c continue working through that at the same time an increasing number of them have said yeah look I think we've got some sort of um, responsibility uh, now, whether it's a responsibility, but they're thinking of it as a, a moral and ethical responsibility, or they're actually recognising that down the track, if they have healthy, um, product, productive employees, they'll be better off as well. Uh, so that's been an interesting one to see. It is an interesting one to see because if we people that disconnect and the figures that you've you've shared before, uh, if, if an organisation says, "All oh, right, well, obviously there's something that we need to be doing. Can we do something better to be able to communicate that?" Because the figures confirm, you know, when you do that across the workplace or the workforce, it's hundreds of thousands of dollars. And yeah, it's quite it's quite staggering. You know that that yeah. that, that nineteen hundred dollars per person. As I said, really conservative figure, um, and it, you know it. It, um, it the bigger your workforce, the bigger that issue becomes. Yes. But you know, if if we go back to to what employers are, are doing, yeah, increasingly looking at, at what else can we do? Because as I said, there's the retention uh, and recruitment effort. Um, the 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 fruit basket is sort of you eat the banana, and it's sort of it's gone you know the the gratification is gone whereas if you can make an impactful difference in someone's life that enables them to make um, good financial decisions or the financial decisions that are right for them and have some control over their financial security and future you're making a long-term tangible difference in someone's life and that comes back to that's what employees are valuing 
Yeah. I know that you've touched on a number of these things too, but let's just summarize this because um, some people may be just coming in and listening to the live, but I think it's great just so that they at least have, and this is the essential elements of an effective well-being program. What are some of those essential elements? Because if they're missing, then you need to get these in place. Yeah. So I, I think the first thing is that wherever you're going in terms of the provider you're going to choose to provide your financial wellbeing program, it's important they get to know the business. Now, that may not come right at the outset, but it's a, a really important understanding of the business, um, the drivers for the business. Is it, you know, there's a 20% um, turnover per year? Do we do we need to work out a way to address that? Because there are other elements that you can add into a financial wellbeing program that can help address that. But at its core, a financial wellbeing program to me is, is three things. It's an education component. It's providing people with tools. And I'll come back to that. And, and the third one is um, providing or, or making access to general advice or general financial advice or personal financial advice if that's where they want to, to go to easily available because what we've got at the moment is you know it's, it's almost like a triangle people you know we know that financial stress is, is a problem but there are three issues that that cause people to to just go I, I don't know what to do and that is you know trusting the source of the information they're getting it from you know there's a whole lot of information on YouTube bloggers um, Instagram you know newspapers what's true what's wrong and it's technical stuff so to go back to the comment you made, Anne-Marie, you don't know what you don't know. So you don't know which of those is right or not. The next one is, you know, you want a personalised experience. So you want it to feel like it's a bit like Netflix and, and Amazon. You know, ultimately it's tailored for you. And the third one thing is, you know, you a lot of people are a little bit scared of financial advice, um, despite being told the, the difference it can make. Um, and a financial wellbeing program enables them to to tip their their toe in the water, as it were, and take away some of the the fear factor. They get some of that basic um, basic information. So if we go back to those four concepts, you know, education, um, things like basic basic fundamentals of of financial um, literacy, so cash flow, budget, debt. Um, and you'd be surprised at when we talk about that with people, it's it's almost like a light bulb moment uh, mm. in, in some regards for some people. Um, it's talking about investment, you know, the, the understanding the difference between risk and return, uh, time in the market. You know, as I said, hauling, hauling something out when the market's at its bottom is not an ideal time to save, you know, money. Um, talking about superannuation, I mean, superannuation keeps changing all the time um, and we've got changing legislation at the moment that is actually going to make the employee benefits um, package, particularly where there's a corporate super plan involved, a little bit more challenging. Um, and then, of course, we, we talk about protection. Um, we forget that our basic, or a lot of people forget that their, their biggest um, asset is actually their ability to earn an income. So insurance becomes a really important part of having those four. Now, you can build out from there, but if you talk about it as a core, those are probably the core things. And then um, in terms of tools, again, I you know reflect back to that comment that there's lots of information out there, but what's right? So when we build a program, we're talking about, well, here are some really good authoritative, 
um, authentic, <laughs> to coin an overused word, um, sites that will provide you with useful information. Um, we will. We also offer um, an online tool um, that the individual can actually go on 24-7, they get access to it all for a year, and they can put their financial information in there um, and build a report that shows them what where they're going. Now, it's general advice. It's a really useful tool for them to do for themselves with their family. And, you know, it might throw up some um, traffic lights for them that say, oh dear, got to look at this. And it gives them the opportunity to start going, yes, I need to focus on, it might be my cash flow, it might be something else, or seek help. And then the third one is just finding easy access for general advice services. And it might be on a single scaled advice, or it might be the need that they need more holistic personal advice. So those are things that I think are really important. But therefore, the user, if you like, the employee, the thing that's really important and useful for the employer is to make sure that there's some analytics behind it. So a bit of a pulse check at the start of the process, you know, what's the financial confidence in this organisation like? What's the financial stress like? Um, you know, it, and going back with things like, well, we've talked to them about these services and what's the uptake been? And then doing a pulse check at the end as well. Because yeah. an employee, an employer is going to, to want to invest in a program and add it to their employee benefits if they can see a, a reward for them as well, over and above the benefits they, they're providing to their staff. Yeah. And, you know, you and I having a conversation today and with the technology available, there's nothing to stop employers by actually reaching out to some of the employees who have really looked at, well, what's part of this benefits program? What can I really leverage? And what's the impact been? So you could actually create case studies, if you will, from employees mm. who are using that and the, and the impact that that's had in their, their life. Because how often do we hear something we think, oh, I didn't even know that that was available. That's really yeah. handy. I need to investigate a little bit more. So it almost becomes and educate you said education so important but what are we putting into place as an as an employer to have to be able to educate on this incredible program that we have here so that people can really yeah and 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 i think to just go back to that comment about superannuation in the past um, a lot of corporates um, or a lot of employers have had default superannuation plans so a new employee starts and um, unless they exercise choice um, you know they'll, they'll end up in, in the employer's default program. Now, come 1st of July, assuming everything passes through the Senate, that's going to change. So um, a new employer comes along and they will simply be stapled to whatever fund they've had in the past unless they exercise to opt-in. Now, an employer in the past has relied on um, the advice services and the information and the education services offered through those various super funds if, if the business has been large enough. That's going to be diluted over time. So that's again where, you know, if, you, if you're wanting to um, retain staff, recruit staff, um, develop a well-rounded and full employee benefits program um, where you can actually see some tangible results, that's where this sort of thing um, becomes something that you possibly may want to look at. 
Yeah. You know, Catherine, I know that we've only just scratched the surface. <laughs> we <and> have. <laughs> there's so many different components depending on the, you know, obviously the company, the employees and, and so forth. However, again, I think we've just, you've just walked your talk in that you're providing information yeah general information to kind of you know if people are listening and thinking that's interesting when is the last time if they're an employee when is the last time that I checked in what's available or, or as an employer what are we doing to um, ensure that our team because the benefits you've, you've so beautifully explained is well worth um, seeing this through particularly with the increase of stresses like we normally have, as you know, stress during the day, but with what's yep. going on around the world has just taken it to an extreme. So, so very important. What is the best way if someone is listening or watching this interview, how best should they connect with you, Catherine? Well, they could connect with me on, on LinkedIn would be the first thing. So I welcome anyone doing that. So that's Catherine Dixon. Um, secondly, they could um, email me at Catherine.Dixon. Uh, so k-a-t-h-r-y-n dot d-i-x-o-n at i-o-o-f dot com dot au so or phone 1800 and that'll get to me as well fantastic and so adam i know that we we spoke or you spoke a lot of, of the the things today <laughs> finishing if there were one thing that you could repeat in a sentence or a couple of sentences as we finish off the show, just as a reminder and kind of like a, you've got to do this, what would that one thing be, Catherine? Just say that. I, yeah. Look, I, I think it's that um, historically we've probably looked at uh, employee wellbeing programs as being run on the smell of an oily rag in a lot of cases. Um, and it's been a case of looking for discounts for things that may be short-term discounts. I think where we've now moved to is a recognition that um, stress in, in modern life and society is there, that financial stress is a huge component of um, mental stress. And, and we're seeing that uh, in terms of the declines in that. And that is affecting productivity in businesses. So financial well-being programs is being built into the broader well-being program we can actually see uh, results uh, and, and benefits that uh, are great for both the employer and the employee so as you said in that intro a win-win that's what I enjoy working for and I think this is what this program is yeah, and we can certainly uh, sense that through what you've shared today too. So uh, thank you for Great. the work you do. And um, and uh, I know it's certainly going to impact a lot of workplaces moving forward. So thanks once again for sharing your insights on the show. Thank you very much for having me. Bye. You've been listening to Business Women Australia podcast. Want to become part of a dynamic collective of women who are passionate about business success and personal growth? Go to businesswomenaustralia.com.au forward slash membership to apply. That's businesswomenaustralia.com.au forward slash membership.